Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Jason Lipschutz, and I'm an associate editor and the Pop Shop blog editor of Billboard.com. Based in New York, on the other line in Los Angeles, is the Tommy Pickles to my Chucky Finster, Keith Caulfield. That's a go, Keith. Uh, good. A Rugrats reference. Right. Yeah, man. Going why? old school. Why? Why? The question's why not? I mean, no really why. No, I, I don't really have that. I don't know. I was oh. just... Uh, just searching for a, a way to kick off the podcast today, and that's what I came up with. All right, all right. There we are. That's fine. No reason. No reason. Maybe, uh, maybe. Um, w- were you a Rugrats fan? N- no. <laughs> it's good Ask to me hear, about man. '80s cartoons. That that might. What be was your favorite '80? What was your favorite '80s cartoon? Uh, well, hmm. There are so many. Like I Jim did, and I, the Holograms. I, I did. You, did you speaking of? Did you see the trailer for the new Jim and the Holograms movie? I did. Does, I did. Doesn't look really all that compelling to me personally, but perhaps there will be more to be revealed as we get closer to the movie's release. I don't date. really know how a Jim and the Holograms trailer would like blow me away, but yeah, well, I don't know. The cartoon was really honestly never that great. I think people have a lot of sort of it's a um, hot take misplaced. Uh, uh, mem- you know, sort of fondness for it. It's kind of like you have yeah. fondness for GI Joe. I'm like, really, it wasn't that great of a cartoon <laughs> show. Um, you know. On that note, my man, let us kick off this week's Pop Shop podcast. Thank you to those who are listening via iTunes or SoundCloud on Bober.com. We have a packed show today. We will be talking about a new number one song atop the Hot 100. Who could it new be? Number one. Who could it be? Oh my who goodness. Could it be? We will also be talking about some Hot 100 moves from Nicki Minaj, David Guetta, Beyonce, Luke Bryan, and many more. Some soon-to-be hits. Billboard 200 albums chart with 21 pilots now at number one. And we have an interview with rising pop star B. Miller. Uh, the Hollywood Records singer-songwriter stopped by to talk about her debut album, which is coming out in July. Her upcoming tour with Fifth Harmony and a lot more. We will get to that later in the show. Keith, how you feeling, man? Good. Good. Good to hear. Good to hear. If you love the Pop Shop Podcast like we love making it, subscribe to it on iTunes so you never miss an episode. Give us a rating or review. We always appreciate that. We always appreciate your feedback. That's such an and awkward good, good. I'm like, good. It, good. I'm good. You're good. I Go- do Keith, good. Good, good. Keith, good. Keith, Keith me smash. good. If you and enjoy us, give us a rating on iTunes. Subscribe. <laughs> Come on. Don't you want to love us? Love me. <laughs> have we really reached the point where we're just begging people to love us i'm just I, I doing guess, voices now because you <laughs> encourage me to do voices more often and i only do voices when i'm like you know like high on sugar or or like you know r- r- ramping on like camp caffeine or something what a rollicking start to the show i was just gonna finish by saying that if you have any questions for us at, or if you want to hear you know if, if you have any requests for, for voices, Keith voices right. yeah hit us up hit us up on twitter he's at keith underscore caulfield I'm at Jason Lipschutz. Keith, are you ready to go? Oh, yeah. Wow. 
I like that. I like that fire today, that chart fire. All right, so we got some chart fire on the Hot 100 this week. See You Again by Wiz Khalifa and Charlie Puth is not number one. It is not number one uh, for the first time in a while. Uh, new number one single, Taylor Swift, Bad Blood, moves up 52 spots on the Hot 100. It is number one. Hey. It is her third number one from 1989. Keith, I'll let you take it away from there. No, I, was just, I wasn't trying to interrupt you. I was just doing the Bad Blood. Hey! You know, the little chant. Am I not Bad Hey! Uh, yeah, Bad Blood goes 53 to number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. It is Taylor Swift's third number one single from the 1989 album. It's Swift's world. We are just living in it. We continue yeah. to live in it. It is just we're just spinning in the the universe known as Swiftiverse. It's kind of like Swiftober, as you once called it. <clears throat> <laughs> I did on national television. On national so television. Keith, we're going to talk about Taylor Swift and the point she's at in her career in a, in a minute, but. Before we do, let's talk about Bad Blood and, and how it got to number one. Is this all thanks to the music video, which premiered at the top of our award show, Billboard Music Awards, last week? Which, which is a little funny how we kind of, in a way, helped her go to number one. A little um, bit. A little bit, um, which is a little weird. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, a lot of it is owed to the music video's premiere at the top of the Billboard Music Awards, which were on May 17th that opened the show, the star-studded music video, which features a million of Swift's best friends, uh, Cindy Crawford and Selena Gomez and so many more. Um, well, if the video hadn't come out, it wouldn't have been number one. But it's not like its sales uh, weren't strong as well. It had a really good uh, sales week as well. It was the top-selling song of the week. Um, it was not the most – well, it might be the most streamed song of the week. I still have the streaming data. It's not completely full in front of me. I don't have that chart. Um, but, yeah, if the video hadn't come out, it probably wouldn't have been number one. Um, but, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm unsure if it will hold on for another week or maybe See You Again will slip back in. Maybe See You Again will see number one again. Hey, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, a lot of it was owed to the music videos for and it it was really, really, really close. It seems like between pretty close. Bad Blood and See You Again. Pretty close. It was a pretty close race. Um, I'm not gonna, you know, uh, go into minutia about how many points uh, separate numbers one and two, but it was a pretty close race. Yeah. Um, um, and uh, it's always fun to see these close races at the top of the chart um, when it's sort of a nail biter and you don't know who's gonna come out on top. It's interesting because it seems like you know this this video. Which I think set a, set a Vivo record, and like the one day Vivo view record, I think globally, right? And yeah. yeah, and obviously premiered, like I said, at the top of the Billboard Music Awards. But I, I think that the success of this music video has more to do with the lead up to the music video than the actual music video. It just seemed like by harnessing her Twitter power and really speaking to all of her followers and saying. Oh, this person's in it. Oh, this person's in it. Oh, this person's in it. And and releasing them one at a time. It didn't even matter that it, you had to correctly assume that you know Ellie Goulding was going to be on screen for about three seconds. It just it didn't matter. You were just like, oh, who's Taylor Swift going to add to this music video next? Oh, what were what will their character be named? Oh, how much time do they get? Like it, it was just about hyping up this video so much over such a long period of time that it that it really reached a fever pitch on may 17th and then when it came out on vivo um and and set that record do you, do you agree with that yeah i mean well it's a combination of all those things it was the lead up it was the build up to it 
um, and you know f- f- the hype actually matched uh, the final product. Uh, sometimes the the hype doesn't lead to an actual like hype worthy video, um, and this is one of those that actually you know matches the hype. Um, you kind of I I kind of wish there was a longer version because I want to see more of these characters and and more of I'm like. I, I want to see more than just Cindy Crawford, like you know, for like three seconds, like yeah. winking. I'm like, I, I want a little bit more, but who knows? Maybe, maybe there's extra footage. Someday. Maybe there'll be an extended version of the video that will come out soon. Who knows? So you touched upon it a little bit, Keith. It's it's mostly about the music video and and the streams and and whatnot. But how is this song starting at radio? Is is this really? becoming the the next big 1989 radio single yeah um well i i will i will tell you in just a hot second i was actually looking up something about max martin because max martin produced this song and i was trying to see how many number ones max martin oh, has yeah. now um because we've written we've written about how max martin is keeps moving up the list of the the biggest writers and producers in terms of number ones of all time and I need to now revise that list and see where he falls. So that's a teaser of what I may be writing for Billboard.com later. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. Um, so Bad Blood actually goes 46 to 15 on our radio wow. songs chart. So, yeah, it's like hot like fire on, uh, on, the, air, on the airwaves right now. That is that is crazy. That's a huge jump for a radio song chart. Yeah, she has – yeah, because I mean, normally radio – moves super slow um but i think it was one of those things where they timed it just right and it was radio really couldn't ignore um the track last week in light of the music video so for once radio actually was on the ball when it came to like a cultural event and actually playing a song that was timed to a cultural event and incidentally she has three songs among the top 25 most played songs on the radio this past week uh, because blank space uh, style and bad blood are all among the top 25 most played songs of last week on the radio crazy man and and what i was what i was going to say about taylor swift just generally is, is it seems like she's entered this rarefied area for a pop artist where you know it's not just one hit from from one album or you know one hit in the span of like two years it's just hit after hit and they're not even like hits they're they're number one <coughs> smashes it, it kind of reminds me of when you know, Gaga had the whole fame, fame monster era when you have Katy Perry with Teenage Dream. And and I think the difference is that Taylor Swift was already a huge artist before 1989. The, the albums before 1989, the two albums before it, both cracked a million in one week. But now she's really adding that pop radio power to her resume. It's, it's really surreal to watch, man. As a friend of mine, um, David Russell, um has said before and i'm giving him credit and and maybe he did not originate this phrase but taylor swift is in the middle of her imperial period um where basically everything she does is a hit um everything everything she does is a legitimate huge in you know in air quotes number one hit even if it isn't a number one hit um you know rihanna uh, is effectively you know still in that period madonna like circa like 84 to 90 janet in like you know 86 to 93 Whitney in the late 80s, early 90s, um, and, and, you know, Katie with Teenage Dream Era. You know, uh, everyone has kind of that imperial era where kind of everything they do is a huge hit, and Taylor's in the middle of that. What I think is interesting is what you pointed out, how she's had these huge million-selling weeks with albums, yet there was never that full transition to sort of top 40 pop superstardom, which now she has in full effect, and that's it's sort of completed the entire picture of her imperial reign. 
Yeah, and just just if you just look at the the number ones to her name right now in the Hot 100, before 1989, she only had one number one single. She had a, a bunch of top ten hits, but the only number one single she had was "We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together." So pre 1989, she had one number one single. Now she has four of them because she has three just on this new album. Yep. So. Keith, uh, la- last question for you, and uh, this is not something I, I I'm, I'm just curious. So, is this uh, Bad Blood still credited as the Bad Blood remix featuring Kendrick Lamar? Yeah, Kendrick Lamar gets credit for this song on the Billboard Hot 100. So, Kendrick Lamar now has his first number one single on the Billboard Kendrick Hot Lamar has his first number one single on the Hot 100, and it is a Taylor Swift song. Who could have seen it coming? Not me. Um, Not me. No, certainly. Uh, we, 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 did, when crazy. did we even know that Kendrick Lamar was on the remix, by the way? Was that like a total surprise as of... Like, I, think it was a, I think it was a surprise. Yeah. We knew that he was going to be in the video. They had talked about doing a remix together. There were rumors, but it was not officially announced until the video came out. There you go. Speaking of the Hot 100, in the top 10, David Guetta, Nicki Minaj, Afrojack, and now BB Rexa. She is now credited on Hey Mama. They all move into the top 10 on that same, that same song. Hey Mama moves 11 to 8. Keith, you said it has some Song of the Summer potential last week when we did our Song of the Summer podcast. Uh, it's looking good, man. It's Evidently, good. I was right. <laughs> or I was, you know. You're on your game. I was I was close to being right, I guess. I mean, hey. Um, yeah, so it jumps. Uh, where does it go? Yeah, you, you already said it goes. Um, it's number 8. Thank you. Sorry. 11 to 8 on the Billboard Hot 100. Um, certainly some of that uh, juice is powered by the performance of the song on the Billboard Music Awards, but also because it's just the song has taken off. It's 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 big on radio right now. The the video just premiered, I think, this past Monday, so that will factor into next week as well. Um, so yeah, it's 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 hot it's it's hot. It's hot. What I also Scorching. think is interesting is uh BB Rexa is now credited on the song, um, which she wasn't previously i don't think i mean she was no she was not she was recently added she was recently it's funny because i actually spoke to her a couple weeks ago and she was like you know and and that story is on billboard.com we'll link to it in the podcast post where she was like yeah it's a because she she was credited as a songwriter but not as a an artist on the song despite the fact that she sings the hook like that's her voice yeah that's yeah singing. after 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 nikki does her rap the next voice you hear is a female singing and that's bb singing it's not nikki singing i don't think unless she's blended together with her i don't know and bb rex of course had a hot 100 hit with cash cash the song take <laughs> me home she also had a hand in creating the monster i believe she co-wrote that she did yeah. for uh eminem and rihanna but now she has a legitimate top 10 hit as an artist, uh, she was added to the song uh, officially last week, I believe. So, Keith, uh, speaking of Nicki Minaj, another Nicki Minaj song, Feeling Myself, re-enters the top 40 of the Hot 100. Nicki and Beyonce, speaking of music videos, a lot of big music videos coming out. We mentioned Hey Mama, obviously Bad Blood, but the Feeling Myself video. Hey, you, you've seen that video, right? It's a goofy little video, isn't it? <laughs> it's just a hoot and a it's just it's always fun for me to see like it's 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 always fun for me to see like ultra glamorous just uh, like amazingly austere pop stars like Beyonce and Nicki Minaj just be goofy and eat hamburgers and and dance around like it, it's fun for me come on um anyway I didn't, that, say, I didn't say it wasn't cool Jason oh no no yeah no I'm just saying I personally appreciate it. Just when they, they have a little bit of fun like that. Yeah. 
And they shot that video during Coachella. It came out actually l- early last week, right? Uh, I think the day after the Bad Blood video. So um, you have these two big music videos and Bad Blood, obviously, number one. Meanwhile, Feeling Myself re-enters the top 40. Where is it at, actually? Number 39. It re-enters at number okay. 39. So you think this is another hit for Nicki? I mean, it has Beyonce on it, or is it just the fact that the music video is spiking it a little? I mean, it's hard to tell, like, what is the prop, like, what is an actual single right now for Nicki? Because there's... There's so many! The Night is Still Young, which is her own track, and then there's the David Guetta feature, Hey Mama, and then now there's this Feeling Myself thing. Um, so I'm, I think this, this Feeling Myself thing might be just a a one-off for because it, on it premiered on title and so yes. i think they were just like look we've got some content let's throw this out there on title and maybe if it turns into something after the night is still young you know maybe who knows yeah it's it and she's always kind of been like that where you don't really know which song t- that we should be focusing let's put on. out five of them and see which one sticks basically i mean yeah. that's what happened before the pink print came out it was pills and potions and Bed of Lies, but obviously Anaconda was the big hit pre-album release. Also on the Hot 100, uh, Mm -hmm. debuting in the top 30, Luke Bryan's Kick the Dust Up. and um, Yeehaw! Yeehaw, the first single from his upcoming album. It's not called Yeehaw. (laughs) (laughs) Luke Bryan's new album, Yeehaw! Perpetrating those country stereotypes. (laughs) Is this this his best Hot 100 debut? Um, You know, that is a great question. J-Dog. Um, I will check on that in just a moment. I have a feeling it's not, but I could be wrong. Um, you don't really see, and, and while you're you're looking that up, I, I will say you just don't see a lot of core country artists have this type of Hot 100 debut. You you sometimes see, we've, we've talked about bands like Zach Brown Band and A Thousand Horses last week, kind of creep up the Hot 100 with, with crossover hits, but you don't really see that big debut unless you're you know in the that air of jason aldean maybe or florida georgia line or i guess luke, luke bryan's right there because yeah. as it turns out he's had three songs debut higher than this wow okay yeah so um yeah so it's still good obviously um and it and it and it bodes well for his upcoming album which is sure to be huge because luke bryan it doesn't really get much bigger than luke bryan in terms of um you know country superstars right now uh, it's true, especially after you know the the Crash My Party album and and that Spring Break album that came out. Both were number ones, and both had you know Crash My Party had a spectacular first week. So that's all kind of setting up for the next album, uh, which we assume will come out uh, the next few months. I don't think there's been a release date announced yet. I could be wrong. I don't think so. Very cool, man. So <laughs> also of note, um, this is not a, a soon to be hit. Maybe we're gonna get to soon to be hits uh, in a in a second, but I wanted to note it since we're not including in there. Pitbull and Chris Brown's Fun moves up 23 spots to number 54. Another song that could be ruling the radio this summer. And Keith, I gotta ask, man, uh, cheerleader, Omi, where where does it move? It moved up 31, uh, 16 spots to number 31 last week. Where is it at this week? It goes 31 to 27. All right, all right. My, my pick for Song of the Summer, still, stead, still headed north on the Hot 100. Man, I like that, it. That, there you go. That, that's all we can hope for at this point. <laughs> it's true. All right, man. Uh, so we, we covered a lot of the Hot 100, but there are a couple songs we did not mention but will be hits in our eyes soon enough, and that's why we call this segment Soon to Be Hits. All right, man, we got two songs on the Soon to Be Hits 
docket this week. I'm actually going to go first, if that's okay with you. Oh, no, that's fine. Feel free. I, uh, I'm i going to bat lead off. So, soon to be hit this week, Rich Homie Kwan uh, with the song Flex Ooh Ooh Ooh. I love that. I love that title. Flex, parentheses, ooh, comma, ooh, comma, ooh, and parentheses. Love that song. Love the title. Moves up 18 spots this week from number 62 to number 44. If uh, For those who are not familiar with Richard McQuan, he had a spa- smash hit two years ago with Type of Way. It was a crossover hip-hop hit. And he was also featured on Lifestyle with Rich Gang as uh, along with Birdman and Young Thug. That was a big hit last year. Flex seems to be his 2015 bid for a crossover hit. Doing well in the Hot 100. He has a new album coming out this fall and it's just a, a very weird and and wacky rap hit I, I i've been listening to it a lot and uh glad to see it's doing well it's so there weird you go. And wacky rap hits lately seriously yeah i mean we are living in the age of young thug and uh it seems to be a lot of living in the age of young thug no one's gonna get that <laughs> reference um th- th- it's kind of a riff on um live it but never mind it's it's actually a riff on um, Twist of Fate by Living Newton John. Uh, you know, gotta be a strange twist of fate. We're living in a world of young thug. It, 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 never mind. I really like that. I don't even understand that, but I love it. I'm not really All sure right, I understand man. it either. But we're gonna we're gonna just keep on rolling. Let me go on next. Is it my turn yet? It's your turn. It's my turn. Um, so my soon-to-be hit is Jesse J's Flashlight from the movie Pitch Perfect Two. Um, the song actually debuts on the Billboard Hot 100 this week at number 68. And uh, certainly some of the power of the debut was generated by the blockbuster film, but the song is actually finally catching on because the song's been out now for a couple weeks. The video came out a few weeks ago, and I think they sort of soft sent it to radio stations for airplay, but I think now it's, it's sort of a proper single in earnest. Um, what I find most interesting about this song, which is sort of a uh, you know uplifting power ballad kind of thing, um, with Jesse J's big vocals and it has this kind of you know like you know, swelling type of vibe to it, um, is that it was written by two people that you may have heard of, uh, Sam Smith and Sia. Um, I have heard of both of those people. Yeah, so they're two of the four credited songwriters on the track. Um, I'm kind of fascinated by the idea that Sia and Sam Smith uh, combined together to write this song for Jesse J. Um, and I think part of the reason why Jesse J did it is because Jesse J's song price tag was an important uh, plot point in the first Pitch per- Perfect movie. And then perhaps they thought, hey, why not bring Jesse J in for this flashlight song, which is a key plot point in Pitch Perfect two so it's all a full circle moment i don't know the actual backstory don't quote me on that that's just sort of me kind of riffing riffing it's like i'm having a riff off now hey jason do you like the pitch perfect movies are you a fan of them have you seen i haven't seen i haven't seen the second one yet but i've heard really good things i haven't seen a movie in 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 a while man really it's been uh it's been a crazy couple weeks Especially with Billboard Music Awards, I've seen lots of and movies just recently. I saw the, the uh, Pitch Perfect Two, the Mad Max movie, which is full of music from Junkie XL. Um, oh. Yeah, it's the whole soundtrack is. Did Junkie you see XL. the Mad Max movie in 3D? No, I did not. Um, I did not. It seems like I don't know. That seems Mad Max seems kind of intense. It's I, super I intense. <laughs> 
<laughs> like you, you will not fall asleep. There is no way in the world. Like it's yeah, super, super know. intense. But now we digress. But Jesse J. Flashlight, that's a soon to be hit from Pitch Perfect 2. All right, Jesse J. Flashlight and Rich Homie Quan Flex. Ooh, ooh, that's this week's soon to be hits. You know what movie I am pumped to see? I'm actually pumped to see two movies coming out in June. Terminator? No. No. <laughs> like, no. Never. No. Uh, definitely going to see the Entourage movie because oh, I was, I was, a, okay. I was a fan of the show. This is this is where we did. This is like me saying I want to go see Sex in the City, and you're like, ew. And then you're like, I want to see Entourage. I'm like, oh, dude. Yeah, we, this is where we diverge. Are, are you can can we get on the same page about Jurassic World though? You know, like I saw. I mean, I, I want to see it, but I have the feeling it's going to be like stupid. Like, well, of course it's going to be stupid. No, I want it to fun. be good. I want it to be a good movie. Uh, I don't know. I I don't know, man. I don't, I don't really care if Jurassic World's good as long as there's like. I've seen like photos of Chris Pratt riding a motorcycle next to raptors. I'm like, yep, I'm all in. That's it all I need. It looks like though he and the raptors have like teamed up. It's like <laughs> which Pratt is cool. And the That's what I want. Are, like you know, against the evil new created dinosaur. That's great. Uh, I'm all in on that plot. I've seen all lots right. of pictures of Chris Pratt recently too. <laughs> Heyo. I like how you go. I like how your voice changed for that. Um, <laughs> I know it turns into like you know slinky like sleazebot. <laughs> Sleazebot Keith. Sleazebot right. Keith. Yeah. Keith. We have to move on to the Billboard 200 Thank albums God. chart. <laughs> 21 Pilots is number one for the first time with their new album, Blurry Face. Keith, you wrote about this a whole bunch. Check out Keith's story on Billboard.com. But uh, the, the main takeaway, Keith, that I... Well, one of the main takeaways I got from your piece about this album hitting number one is that this is another artist scoring their first number one album in 2015. It, it seems to be a, a ton of artists that have uh, hit number one on the album chart for the first time this year. Yeah, I mean, a, num- a number of artists have uh, reached number one for the first time in 2015. Uh, 21 Pilots, certainly. And I think 21 Pilots is one of those acts that most people probably have not heard of because they don't have any like big airplay hits they're not like you know big mainstream top 40 artists um they're they're very kind of buzzy mtv like um uh what's the name of the college version mtvu they're very mtvu Uh, let's put it that way um but yeah they debuted number one after kind of like the slow and steady success of their last album, which was called Vessel. And Vessel like did really has like performed consistently well in 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 terms of like selling it. It sold like a, a couple thousand copies every week for the past like two years, which indicates that people have slowly caught on and grown to this act and that record. And thus those people turned up in the first week for the new album blurry face um as you said they're one of a number of acts that hit number one for the first time this year other acts that got their first number one in 2015 include megan trainer imagine dragons big sean kendrick lamar sean mendez and alabama shakes all hit number one for the first time this year on the billboard 200 congrats to 21 pilots on their number one album debut 21 pilots it's like 21 jump street but not really it is like 21 Jump 21 Street, but not really. So, Keith, I, I love this mood you're in, man. I'm I'm usually the the goofier one, but you're you're all over the map today. I love it. Okay, it's great. I, no, I love it too. I, I'm, ha- I'm happy um, because you're happy. Too far, too much. Sorry. Um, no, nah, man, that's fine. I'm I'm glad you're happy. Clap along. So. <laughs> 
Keith, uh, the Billboard Music Awards also had some after effects on the Billboard 200 albums chart. You see Taylor Swift is number two, moving back up with 1989. Title by Megan Trainer also in the top ten. Um, another debut, Zed debuts at number four. He was on the Pop Shop Podcast a few weeks ago, so congrats to him. Friend of the Pop Shop Podcast, True Colors. And it, I, I didn't know that his last album never really, wasn't even in like the top 20 of the Billboard 200. No, I mean, it, it, it had like sort of sustained success, but it was more of a track kind of album. Yeah. You know, its tracks did well on our dance chart, but you know... Uh, now with our sort of overall consumption billboard 200 where you have like the overall tracks and streams and sales all combined you know it, it helps him a little bit more than you would if it was just pure sales yeah i i totally hear you so so keith let's talk about next week um we and actually have it, it seems like what i would assume <coughs> is going to be the number one album next week it was quote-unquote surprise released a, a week early asap rocky's alla which was uh, which stands for At Long Last ASAP, uh, came out on Monday night, I believe, uh, the the Monday of Memorial Day weekend, and I assume is is that looking at number one next yeah. week? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Based on industry forecasters, uh, suggest ASAP Rocky should debut at number one, with something like 120,000 or so um, overall units. Um, I don't I don't know what the rest of the top ten will quite look like yet, but number one should be ASAP Rocky. Which makes sense. Uh, Long live ASAP. His debut, his debut studio album, debuted at number one in January 2013. And this time, ASAP Rocky has a bigger profile, but he doesn't really have a huge hit from this album yet. Last last album, he had F and Problems. Uh, that was a top ten hit with Drake and Kendrick Lamar. And Two, two Chains uh, kind of helping him out there. This one is a, a little bit of a weirder album. He has a uh, a bunch of collaborations. Nothing has really ignited in terms of Hot 100 play yet, but um, ASAP Rocky, a big, a big uh, name in the genre, and looking at number one. Woo, woohoo, Keith. We got to move on to B Miller. B Miller is the name of a Hollywood Records singer-songwriter who I think is going to have a very bright future. Her debut album is called Not an Apology. It is out on July 24th. And you might know her already from the songs Young Blood and Fire and Gold. She's also going to be on tour with Fifth Harmony later this summer. Um, B stopped by for a studio performance that will be up on Billboard.com uh, probably early next week. So check Billboard.com for that. But she also chatted about her debut album opening for Fifth Harmony and a lot more. Here's B Miller on the Pop Shop Podcast. Not an apology is yeah. the name of your album, and I wanted to start with that. Why was that the perfect title for your debut album? We actually went back and forth about the title for the album for a long time because I wanted something that was a little more complicated and longer and involved way too many words. And like a Fiona was, Apple. Yeah, I thought it deal. was. I thought it was cool, but I mean, everyone else was like, "This is a pop album. Be like, you need to calm down." So um, eventually, we just chose um, the song title from the album that we liked the most, and then we shortened it because the actual song on the album is called "This Is Not an Apology." And I'm also kind of, um, I don't know, like I just feel like um, "Not an Apology" fits my personality because I'm, I'm not rebellious, but I'm just not. I don't apologize for things that I don't need to apologize for. You're outspoken. Right, and I know I know when someone else is in the wrong. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds rude. <laughs> <but> like, <laughs> I know. I know what's up. You know what's up. Yeah. 
But I, I mean, I see that on social media as well. You're, you know, you say what you feel and mm -hmm. you don't hold back. And I, I feel like people have kind of latched on uh, I feel to like that. as long as you're not directly insulting someone else, it's better to speak your mind than it is to hold back, which I feel like a lot of teenagers especially do because they feel like, oh, if I, you know, state my opinion about this, then all the kids who don't agree with me are not going to like me and then I'm not going to be popular or whatever it is. But... I mean, I don't really care. I just, I know my fans will appreciate it, and I don't really care about the people who don't. The only time I have a problem with it is when people think that I'm directly insulting someone else, and in reality, I'm just like, no, I'm just talking about a situation as a whole. Yeah. But I think it's better when people speak their minds. And it's so easy to misconstrue that stuff mm -hmm. when you have 140 characters to work with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're just like, no, I don't mean, what? what? Yeah, oh, yeah. No. and then you tweet out and be like, I was not insulting someone. Like, everything is okay. <laughs> yeah. But it's still not an apology. <laughs> Get it? Have you have you always been kind of aware of, of that whole realm of you know social media interactions, or is this all kind of new to you? You're you're feeling your way through it a little bit. I've only really been on Twitter for like two years. Like I'm really not maybe like two and a half now. Mm -hmm. But like for the longest time, like I got excited in sixth grade when my mom finally let me have a Facebook. Like I was so excited. Like that was some cool, huge, amazing thing to me. And now you look at Facebook, it's like what. Teenagers don't go on Facebook anymore. Like, no one cares. Um, is it... Because, listen, I'm, like, not, I'm not a teenager. And that was the only social media thing I had. And then I had a photography account on Instagram where, like, I just posted pictures of, like, flowers and, like, freaking trees or something. Like, I don't know. Like, I just thought I was so artsy and cool in sixth grade. And that was it. And I never, like, used it to talk to my fans or whatever. It was just kind of like, oh, here's my Facebook and here's my Instagram. But it, it was kind of new to me. Um, but now it's just, like... I can't help going. I check Twitter all the time. It's really yeah. Bad. It's just such a bad habit now. Do you you so you go through your at mentions? And yeah, like, I do. Which is weird because a lot of times, like, I'll be responding to people and they get confused and they're like, like, do you actually read your mentions? Like, that's so weird. And I didn't realize that most people don't, like, most artists don't read their mentions, which I think is crazy because, like, the whole reason why I have Twitter is to interact with my fans for the most part. So in terms of putting together this album, you, you said it's, you know, you have a, a name that reflects a pop album, but I, I don't necessarily think of you as a pop artist. I think you kind of come... Well, well, yeah, and I wanted to ask about that because it seems like you, you approach music from a variety of different angles. I wanted to just ask about what inspired these songs, not only on the, on the album, but on the Youngblood EP that came out uh, a couple months ago. Um, when I was growing up, I listen to a lot of different styles of music because um, of my parents. And my mom, who used to be a vinyl DJ, and she'd like go out in clubs, and she's like a legitimate DJ, which is super cool, and I'm very proud of that. <laughs> um, but she would make tapes for me um, when I was younger, and I still have them in my house. They're all these tapes from when I was like, it was like B's first road trip, B's second road trip, trip to wherever. It's just like she had all these tapes for me from the time that I was like literally just born until I was like five or six. Um, and she would play tapes for me in the car and she'd have like the ABCs and Itsy Bitsy Spider mixed in with like the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and um, things like that. So I think that really kind of um, started me, like started my love for music at a young age. And I've always been really open to music, and I've always loved lots of styles. Like, there's not really any genres that I don't like, um, just because I really appreciate music. And I try to incorporate as many of the styles that I like and as many of the, art many of the artists that I'm inspired by as I can into my own music while still being pop. Baby, you're a force of nature. 
I'm curious as to there, there's a bunch of songs that people have yet to hear on this album. They will in the coming weeks, the coming months. What's some? What's a song on your debut album that you can't wait for people to get their their ears on? Ooh. That's a good question. Um, I'm really excited for people to hear. Actually, the song "This Is Not an Apology" because it's kind of like a big like f you song almost. It's kind of like talking about this guy and like you've gone through this breakup and instead of being like oh boo hoo me like my life sucks because my boyfriend broke up with me it's like I don't need you anyway like I'm stronger than you I don't need that like you never treat me right anyway it's kind of just like I'm not apologizing for the fact that like we're breaking up and I don't care like I just think it's kind of a cool like it, I just think it'll be good when people who are girls especially are going through a breakup and are kind of miserable about it hear that song they're like yeah you know what I'm not gonna be sad anymore. Like, screw that person. I don't care anymore. Yeah. Like, I'm fine. I'm gonna get over it. You know, that's. I think it's a fun song. 2015. I will survive. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. So, I mean, speaking of, you know, um, girl power and, and uh, femininity, you're going on tour with Fifth Harmony, who released an album this year that a lot of people spoke to or thought about as really kind of like a next generation feminist anthem collection. And I'm, I'm curious as to. I know that I'm, I'm sure you guys have crossed paths. Do you, I just feel like there's this, this whole new wave of girl power kind of coming to pop music. I wanted to see if you had any thoughts on that. I love girl power. I support girl power. But at the same time, I don't like that we have all these dedicated days to like, let's empower girls today. Because that's making you, as a female, more of an outcast than you already were before. You know, it's kind of saying like, oh, girls need their own special day for us to encourage them. And instead, I think it should be like, let's just encourage everyone every day to be their best and do their best and accomplish whatever it is that they want to accomplish. So as much as I support girls and girl power, I also support guys and, you know, what they want to do. And I understand that there's a whole thing where, like, it's not always fair, but I feel like if we start teaching the next generation that everyone deserves every day to have for themselves and to take charge of every single day, then we're never going to really have these problems or not at least have them as much in the future as we have them now. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I don't know if that makes sense. It makes sense in my head, but, like, I, I mean, I love that Fifth Harmony is so um, outspoken in terms of, like, empowering girls. It's awesome, but at the same time, it's like, I kind of just want to tell everyone that every day is their day and like they should just go out and do whatever they want and accomplish all the things that they want to accomplish. Thanks again to B. Miller for stopping by the Pop Shop Podcast. And again, not an apology, out July 24th. Really, uh, really an interesting voice, and I think that she's going to do a lot of big things. If you like Demi Lovato, Kelly Clarkson, she's in that vein for sure. Keith, are you ready, my man? Sure. For your Char Stat of the Week. Yeah. Um, so, the Char Stat of the Week is about a dancey little number that flashed its way to number one. That doesn't even make any sense. Um, back in 1983, on May 28th, 1983, Irene Cara's Flashdance. What a feeling hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. Um, are you a fan of the song, Jason? Um, wow, already. Sure. It's a pause. You're like, sure, I guess. I don't even know it. Do you know what I'm speaking of, right? Oh, of course, the Flashdance song. I, how, how can I not? But it's just, you know. <laughs> I li- here's, here's what I will say. I like it more than Footloose. I'm not a big Footloose 
Just in terms of the song itself, like I'm not a big Footloose guy. There's Flashdance, Footloose. It was the age of 80s musical movies that were basically not musicals, but we considered them musicals at the time. You yeah. had Flashdance, you had Footloose, you had Dirty Dancing. Top Gun the- might as well be a musical, even though no one's actually <laughs> singing. Because that was the holy, that was the holy, the holy trinity of those 80s dance movies to me. Is Footloose, uh, Flashdance. Dirty Dancing. It, well, Dirty Dancing I've seen more than a dozen times. It's ridiculous. But back to Flashdance. Flashdance uh, had an incredible soundtrack, um, included uh, Irene Cara's Flashdance, What a Feeling, was number one for six weeks. Uh, Michael Cimbello's Maniac, uh, uh, which was number one for two oh, weeks. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm a fan of I'm a fan of that more. I can't really do it, but it's really cool. Um, so, yeah, both those songs went to number one. And, you know, I have a couple interesting fun facts, one of which I learned from uh, Fred Bronson's amazing number one hits book a million years ago when I bought it. Uh, Flashdance, what a feeling. That's the name of the song, but uh, the word flashdance is actually not said anywhere in the song, Flashdance, what a feeling. Yeah. That's unusual that the title of the song would not actually be in the lyrics anywhere. Hmm, interesting. Hmm. Also, fun fact to ponder. Michael Cimbello's Maniac, which was the second and final number one single from this album, uh, was on the Casablanca Records uh, label, which was, of course, the label that released the Flashdance album. And it was also the final number one thus far for Casablanca Records on the Billboard Hot 100. Casablanca, of course, was a huge uh, powerhouse label in the 70s with you know Donna Summer and, and Kiss and a bunch of other acts. They had number ones from The Captain and Tennille, Lip Sync, you know, with Funky Town, and then a bunch of Donna yeah. Summer number ones like Bad Girls and, uh, you know, Hot Stuff and so forth. But it was the last hurrah for uh, Casablanca Records, at least at the top of the Hot 100 chart. Um... Anyways, that's all I got for the chart side of the week. It's all about Flashdance, Irene Cara, Michael Cimbello, Casablanca Records. Back in 83, everything was coming up Jennifer Beals, basically. Love it, man. Thank you for your chart side of the week. All right, man, that is going to do it for us at the Pop Shop Podcast. Tune in next week for an all-new show, of course. Um, Keith, man, I, I'm actually uh, – it, it's funny because we're taping this on a Wednesday – uh, Thursday and Friday, I am uh, out of the office. I am going on my bachelor party. So, oh, hey, hey. hey. So there you go. I'll have, There'll I'll be have some flash full... dancing for you this weekend. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll have a full report on the Pop Shop podcast, I'm sure. I'm sure you will not be saying any. <laughs> Actually, your your bachelor thing will probably be like, yeah, so we went on like this cool like trip and like listened to a bunch of like music on the road. There will be no like. There will be no debauchery. There will be nothing. nothing no debauchery. Scandalous. Nothing. That is that is that is very true. Um, yeah. Well, you know. That's it, what we be... say now. Oh, bum bum bum. bum Tune bum, in next bum. week for that full breakdown. Tune as in well next week to find out what happened at <laughs> Jason's Tune in next week party. to see if Jason is still alive. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Pop Shop Podcast, hosted by me. I have. It is a reverse all about Eve. I have taken over the Pop Shop Podcast. <laughs> Keith, do you have any parting words? Um, my parting words is the Jennifer Beals reference I made at the end of the chart stat of the week was in reference to Jennifer Beals being the star of Flashdance, just in case, because I wasn't sure if people knew that. So there you go. Dude, I feel like you've had to explain a bunch of references this You n- this can never episode. be too sure. You don't Give, know I, I feel like our No, I feel like our audience is, is pretty hip to the game. I, I got to say. That was not, I was not a diss to the audience. It was... You know, I, I we, we rattle off a lot of stuff sometimes, and sometimes that may, like, you know, miss someone. 
It's true, man. It's true. Well, thanks again to B. Miller for stopping by the Pop Shop Podcast. Let's go out on Flashdance. What a feeling. Keith, I will see you next week. Thanks for listening and take care. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.